Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about all right well for tonight i've uh, drawn in some fancy sideburns with a mark pen and i've got an, an old bit of uh, aluminium hanging around my neck that's my contribution for dressing up for tonight what about you ian well i i didn't really have to go too far because i, I thought i'd just put on my normal pair of pebble dash glasses <laughs> which uh, I, ideally also double for when i want to be les dawson so. Cosmo small piece, you I mean? Him. Yes. Yes. That's him. Blimey, we're not a Where minute did you in. Where that from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a minute in, and we're we're now talking Cosmo small piece. Blimey. So you're the warlord then, if you've got yes. your 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 Cosmo glasses, and I'm the war chief. Um, I will take yeah, that. So tonight, tonight's might be very long because I'm going to have to speak in clipped tones. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why have, I perhaps we'll get to that, but why have they all got bad eyesight? What's going on on this planet that's causing them to go blind? Oh, I, I have information <laughs> on all Do this. Right. Yes, okay. yeah. So, yeah, I was just saying before I pressed the record button, this could be a long episode. Yeah. Um, you, listener, will know um, already whether this is a long episode or not. And I did consider, seeing as we're talking about the War Chief today, and this is a 10-part epic... And, and it is an epic, isn't it? it is you know, um, there's no doubt about that. And I did consider, well, maybe we should just look from episode three onwards, because that's when the war chief appears. But right. no, the first yeah, couple of episodes yeah. have that, that, that cracking stuff with some fantastic characters, which we have to talk about. Otherwise, it's not yeah. fair on them. It's not fair. What we could do though is is record ten minutes and then just keep repeating that <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> We, well, we could. Would the listener notice, though? Probably not. Yeah. All right, so we'll quickly get, or will we quickly get through the first couple of episodes? Yeah. Because, you know, every episode starts very unusually with, um, you know, uh, real live war footage. This staccato yes, images yeah. over the caption, the war games, doesn't it? Yeah, we, we got howitzers and that going off. Um, this I was trying to think when the first first occurrence of this weird uh different start type was and i know it was in i know we had the war machines did it didn't it um, yeah we had that ticker tape type title didn't we i think war machines might have been the first one um and the ice warriors of course that had a different one but we don't get it very often um but it does sort of make it a special story doesn't it that we get this special title it's special right from the get-go. <laughs> I'll tell you what yep. made it special for me when I was thinking, oh, I don't know where we'll talk about this, is the, when the TARDIS materialises on this battlefield, right, yes. you, you don't see it. You see the, a reflection of it in a puddle on yeah, this really, battlefield. Really nice. One. In fact, all of the location stuff is really well-directed. Um, lots of unusual camera shots, lots of sort of movement in it it's really yeah the location stuff is really nicely done um studio stuff 
bit more limited, isn't it, because of the way they had to film it. But whoever's, I presume it's the same director doing the, the location footage. Yeah, it's the same director doing both. Yeah. And and and, it, and it's an old friend of ours. It's David Maloney. It is, like, yeah, good old la David Later Maloney. to be a Blake Seven stalwart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, he must have felt at home tramping around a desolate hole. And this is amazing. I mean, right yeah. from the get-go, this is a convincing World War One battlescape even though it's a rubbish tip on the outside of Brighton yeah it's um, you can sort of see because the, the, the one thing to say about this this print on the DVD it's sparkling it was mm -hmm. like it was filmed yesterday and you can see lots and lots of detail and you can see that this is a sort of a rubbish dump because there's a lot of churned up stuff in it but uh, I believe it was left over from uh, it, oh, it's a lovely war, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, what a lovely war, oh, yes. Yeah, the Richard Attenborough film had, had converted this rubbish tip into a, a battlefield. And, yeah, the, the BBC went in and filmed there. And shortly after, it all fell down because, you know, they had dug, dug the trenches a bit too deep. That's fine yeah. if you're on the Somme in, in hard clay, but not yeah, on a rubbish. rubbish tip. You know, everything fell in, yeah. You couldn't do that now because you couldn't, you couldn't, like, go to a landfill and film this. Could you? Because we don't bury stuff like this anymore. We, it's, it would be compacted layers of old yes. Pokemon cards and stuff. You know, yeah, but, God uh, knows what yeah. they were oh. trudging through there. Oh, it couldn't have been couldn't have been um, good for them, could it? I mean, oh, the smell must have been awful as well. Yep. And um, um, but yeah, it, lo it looks great. It does look great. It looks great, and you know, I mean, this is Terence Dick's writing, isn't it? Yes. And and yeah. and uh, it's. Uh, Malcolm Hulk, wasn't it? It's yeah, Terence Dix and Malcolm Hulk. Yes, so you can yeah. tell you can tell it's Malcolm Hulk because there's lots of sort of social commentary about the evils of war and the evils of you know of fighting and things like that. So really good, coupled with uh, Terence's um, sort of natural flair for sort of I, I want to say melodrama, but that sounds awful. But he was really good at it. He did he did this sort of thing yeah effortlessly. Yeah, and and straight from the get-go, you know, they, they they come out the TARDIS. Jamie says, um, you know, what are these wee spikes when yeah. he's talking about barbed wire? And, you know, the Doctor, um, you know, says, you know, it's barbed wire, it's filthy stuff. And then we get a bombardment opening up, and that's when the Doctor realises where they are. And I'm watching it, I'm thinking, this is uh, surely, you know, the when it was family viewing, you know, back then, you know, the older members of the family, this is a bit close to the bone, because you would have yeah. presumably had quite a few people who remembered the First World War when they were watching this in the 60s. Yeah, I reckon you'd, you'd have had lots of grandparents that, you know, served in World War One that would have remembered it. It's interesting that they, um, they don't for very long keep up the pretense that it is World War One, and I know at the time, his historicals just weren't that popular, so I, I, it sort of feels like they could have kept it up a bit longer. Mm. The fact that that uh, that they think, oh, this is just World War One, because because it's sort of thing you would expect. And go, oh, the Doctors was in World War One. That makes sense. You know, they they'll be educating people on this. Um, but yeah, they they very rapidly sort of tell you, oh, don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, there's monsters in it. There'll be some aliens. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah. the first tip-off is, you know, um, there is a bombardment, and then suddenly you've got Lady Jennifer, uh, yeah. who, who appears with her, I say, yeah. are you all right? You know, driving a little ambulance. And so I think that's a bit of a tip-off, that it's not going to be too uh, gritty a, 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 a war story. Yeah, 
yeah, it, um, it, it, it's a strange, it, there, there are definitely things wrong with this story, and, and I mean, one is its length, it doesn't really have enough story to sustain its length. Um, this is, I, I was trying to think, this is probably the closest serial to 1930s adventure serials, isn't it, as I was watching it. I know it's not made to be watched in one month go. I mean, I had to split it five episodes per night because there's just no way you can mm. sort of sit and watch it right the way through. You, you end up in the sort of going slightly mad. Um, but yeah, this is very, very sort of Flash Gordon-y escape and capture, escape and capture, escape and capture. There's a lot of that going on, yes, definitely. very much, very much so. Um, but I think it's held together because, like they say, we, we meet Lady Jennifer, then we meet Carsters, and we meet the General Smite. They're all great characters. Really, it's, it's a it's a great cast as well. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's thoroughly interesting. Even in its slow bits, it's thoroughly interesting. Mm. Is it me and the age I'm at and that? But I, it's just it feels very unusual to have. I mean, it, it it's one thing to have you know the Doctor you know during the Tro- Trojan War or, or 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 wherever through human history, but you know. To see the Doctor in the First World War here, if it was a true First World story, seems, it just seems a bit, I'll tell you, where I'm going with this is with the uh, Matt Smith one where he meets Churchill and you've got that, um, you know, the green Dalek and, you know, they have their jolly japes and you have spitfires in space and and, and it ends and off he goes and smile and bye-bye, bye-bye Winston and everything. And I can remember watching that at the time and thinking, the Doctor knows that not that far away, you've got Auschwitz, you've got all these yeah. concentration camps, but he's not stopping it, you know? And this, this is the, yeah, this is what you run headfirst into when you're, you're doing realistic setting, actual things. Because, yeah, because, why, yeah, why isn't the Doctor, I mean, you know what, it, oh, it's a fixed point in time. Yeah. Uh, you, why isn't the Doctor stopping the Holocaust? Yeah. You know, it, it's like the, the when they do the comedy episode of Let's Kill Hitler and they treat him as a figure of farce, which I think is probably the right way to handle Hitler, but just bust a cap in him, you know what I mean? Mm. Get rid yeah. of him. Although, you know, that may have prolonged the war even longer. Um, yeah, it is, it is weird. I mean, it, it's weird as well when you think about it that because I, I was thinking, what is a what is a what is a good length of time before something is no longer uh, no longer too close to make a silly romp out of? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I, I, I was sort of thinking, is it a hundred years? What's weird though is is we're now further from the First World War than the First World War was from uh, the Napoleonic War. Mm, yeah. It just feels mad, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that, and I wonder if again if that's why they quickly go down the. No, don't worry. It's not. It's not really the trenches type idea. Well, we we get a little mention because the doctor says, you know, this is the most terrible war in history. Da 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 da. da. But then it's swiftly um, um, uh, swept aside because, as you say, we we, we get uh, Carstairs, Lieutenant Carstairs, introduced. 
Um, and uh, we get, we st that's when we start getting references to things not being quite what they are. There's this vagueness, yeah. isn't there, of how yeah, long I they've been there. Remember, yeah. Which is it's quite nicely handled before you know the aliens are involved. It's quite nicely handled because you're thinking, because he goes, oh, I might have a bit of shell shock. I don't really remember. And she's going, yeah, a lot of people are like that. What I thought was really interesting is they go, uh, they meet the major, and it's Captain Blackadder. Mm. <laughs> and it's this. Absolutely. And, I was thinking, I was and then you look, you look at Carstairs, and he's like, Lieutenant George, and I thought, is this, is this what they based the look on? It, the, it could be. It's yeah. it's not just the characters. It's not just the outfits. Um, it's the it, it, it's the, the the sets. I mean, yes, that could yeah. be Blackadder goes like forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's the, the the hairstyles the same. He's got the mustache. He's, he's talking in the same way. It's so bizarre. And I thought, mm, crap. I mean, it could be. It, it really could be. I do like they get little bits of educational beats in, don't they? Mm. Sort of harkening back to Doctor Who's original, uh, you know, spec, which is uh, learn something while you're watching. And mm. so they, they do drop a few uh, a few bits about World War I. Um, I do, I, I quite like the, they don't go down the, um, everyone hates it. No one wants to be here. Really. Yeah, no, they never yeah, do that at all, do, do they? Yeah, no. which is, I think, very sensible. Yeah, and we get our first, you know, nod to any any of the people who were watching this back in the 60s who thought yeah. this is genuine historical, is when <laughs> General Smythe goes into his uh, room, moves that painting yeah. to reveal some sort of high-tech device and yeah, tells someone Ooh. he's in the 19... Yeah. yeah, and he says, I'm in the 1917 sector. Yeah. Hmm. I, I this uh, this actor Noel I can't think of his name but I, every time I see him I just think of he's he's the cat priest from Red Dwarf yeah season one I, he's he's a good actor I really like him he plays despicable really well um, yeah he he's good I I think it's amazing as well I love this sort of style of thing where and again it's it's because when the Doctor comes into a real life situation his normal method of charming and getting doesn't work and this this happens a few times in a series doesn't it where when it's in a it's almost like they treat it in a real life situation and the doctor he's, he's trying to bluff his way out nope not working they're going to shoot him he's broken this rule he can't just swan off i like that i think that's a really a good juxtaposition of, of how the doctor normally operates because you think like in the ice warriors he appears he's broken all the rules but because he can say what a computer's going to do they go oh we we'll trust you Im immediately yeah and in this they don't so, no yeah. chance no yeah. no and also you know old general Smythe there he's got his uh, uh, nifty glasses that yes. he puts on and yeah he is a good actor i like the way when yeah. he puts those glasses on he has this snarl um <coughs> yeah. the uh, the uh, that he affects doesn't he when he hypnotizes well, his captain well this is an another Another nod to Blackadder when I want this. I was watching this thing because so you know he behaves in exactly the way he puts his glasses on and he could say the the Flanders pigeon murderer. <laughs> it's the same in inclination to the voice and the put. It's ah, I swear this is uh, this has been watched by the Blackadder cast. It it might well yeah. be, but and that would be very cool if it is. Yeah. But you say about the firing squad, that's how episode one ends. The Doctor's yeah. put in front of this firing squad for, for um, spying. And, yeah, he, you hear a gunshot and, um, you yeah. know, he closes his eyes. Again, and it, classic, it, uh, 
classic serial ending, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it, it's not. Get out of this? Yeah, yeah, but it's not the cheat that some of the Flash Gordons do. In, no, in that there was quite, a gunshot. Yeah. It just happened to be yeah. a sniper who interrupts the uh, the actual firing squad, isn't it? Yeah, I I've got to mention as well it, it, the tail end of last episode. So the, this is this is like the really good uh, Fraser Hines and Pat Troutman double acting this they're brilliant every scene they're in together sparkles and they're putting so much little comedy bits in and little things like there's when they're marched in front of the general and then they're marched off and little bits like Jamie doesn't know his left from right yeah which of course he wouldn't you know and it's just it's oh it's great I love it but yeah we uh, we get the, the the resume of the episode and it's like oh it's someone else shooting them yes um and it's a, a, a red coat, isn't it? It's it is, a, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, our first view, our first think that, oh, hang on. Why yeah. is there a red coat oh, in this yeah. story? Yes. And also, I mean, you've also got more intrigue with the general, um, with what appears to be uh, a, a TARDIS, because it, it's a very TARDIS like yeah. um, sound, and it's a well, very it, yeah. square box sort of thing, featureless box, isn't it? Yeah, looks like so one they, of those 60s, 70s, you know, wardrobes that slid out like that. It does, actually, yeah. I, I used to have a desk where the, the desk slid out and it was curved like that. Right. The door. I love these. The um, I mean, they're only, made, they're only called it once, and they, they pronounce it weirdly, but the side rats, I think they're just brilliant. But it's, it's weird as well. As you watch it, and if you watch it in the block, the, over the course of a, a few episodes, until episode six... The, the the noise it makes starts to get more and more TARDIS-like until episode six when it's the TARDIS sound effect. It's really it's, it, I, I hadn't noticed if, yeah, that. Yeah, it's really cleverly done. So as soon as they start sort of hinting that these are time and space machines, the sound effect is no longer that sort of slightly TARDISy noise. It's like ah, that's the TARDIS. It's noise. an actual TARDIS noise, right? Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm slurping. I'm I'm having my tea right now. You have your pizza. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, sorry about that if you can hear it. Um, so, yeah, during this, this is when the Doctor's starting to put it together. You know, we've got a red yes. coat, we've got a TV screen, um, and he manages to recruit Carstairs onto his side. But but he and Jennifer can't see the TV. Only when no, they concentrate they, yeah. can, can they see the, the TV. Yeah, which is a, a nice little touch. Um, mm. Because every everything you... Everything that you might think, hang on, about this, the way this story flows, you can get round by saying they can't see that particular thing. They don't notice that this is happening. So I think it's a, it's a nice touch that to it, basically saying that um, these people are sort of hypnotised. I mean, what they could have gone the extra step and had them acting like it's World War One, but everything's fake. Oh yeah, that would be that interesting. Would have been, you know, um, and the doctor discovered. Yeah, this isn't a gun. It's a cardboard cutout. Uh, that would have been good. I'd very, it would probably gone too much into like the land of fiction, the mind robber. Um, mm. One interesting point that I um, that no one ever really brings up <laughs> is that when um, when they're scouting out the military, because Jamie gets carted off to a military prison because they yes. think he's a, a deserter, is the fact that um, the doctor's uh, telescope is his recorder. No, is he it? Yeah, he's he takes the end off the recorder and looks through it as a telescope, and then when he puts it back, he's got the end and puts it back on it. So I, I don't know whether this was meant to be sort of them hinting that the recorder is some sort of more better gadget, you know, a bit like the Sonic, 
or whether it's like the original Sonic Screwdriver, where they, you know, they've got to the set and they've gone, well, you've got, well, no one's got binoculars, and he's gone, I'll just use my recorder barrel. I did not spot that yeah. at all. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's quite a weird little moment, but uh, yeah, worth 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 sort of checking out and having a look. Oh, I will check it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, concentrating, they can see this, you know, gadget. They can see this TV and. What's on the other end goes Zoe, and we see, and there's the general, and we've got yeah. somebody in this funky mask. Yeah, oh god, this, this is a game with two halves in it for the design. You've got the real world war zone, which are all really nicely done, and then you've got the, the, the aliens base, which is the most psychedelic 60s thing I think we've ever seen on Doctor Who. Those it's masks. Straight out of Austin Powers. Yeah, it? those masks, you know, they're very basic, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah, but they were. I re I do like them. Oh, I, I like it, them. It's it's gone past sort of camp into, oh god, that's yeah, it's alien. I like them. I'm, again, I've not seen anyone knocking them up or anything like that. It'd be really easy. But to But you make. could just make that out of a piece yeah. of white card. But they look <laughs> yeah. brilliant, don't they? I mean, it looks great. Yeah. We should go to a convention and just have a pair of them and walk yeah, around. Yeah, see if anyone notices. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So. The general arrives back and he orders this barrage to stop the fleeing ambulance because they've escaped in an ambulance, haven't they? Um, yes. But the ambulance disappears in a very time slip way. Reminded me of time slip where you have these mists and uh, you go yeah, through I, time. Yeah, I, I thought that as well. Um, interesting, late, later on we find out sort of what the, the, the plan is here from the aliens. And I was sort of after, when you find it out, I was thinking back and thinking, does it? And I was thinking, what if they If the idea here is spoilers, um, that they want, they're doing these war games to thin out useless soldiers, and it leaves the uh, you know a, a, a core amount of really good fighters. I, I'm not entirely sure I buy that plan. But if that's the case, why would you need a fully functioning military prison? That's a good point. You know, get rid of those. What what, what are you do? Why are you keeping them? Mm. I, yeah, but it, it's a nice little scene. But yeah, they. Um, I think this is the first instance that we get of the. Because doesn't I? Oh, I'm trying to think. I think one of them mentioned something about mist, don't they? Yeah, a mist has is already it? been mentioned, yeah. but they now actually go through it, and they come yeah, out, and they're on the Sussex Downs, with a load of Romans. Yeah. Um, on a lovely. Well, this this is what I was saying about the easy fix. So I won't watch it, and I I wrote in my notes the roads the road is paved. Yes. Um, the Romans were, and then I thought. Doesn't matter. The Romans won't be seeing it. Yeah, All good it, point. It's just they don't see anachronistic stuff, so it's like ah, like a hoist on. This is where Terence is such a clever man, and it. He's yep. uh, uh, anything you think that's wrong with this, you can go yeah, yeah, aliens. So those Romans wouldn't have seen the ambulance. They would have seen the no, people, they, but they would yeah. most probably seen a horse and cart or something. Yeah, they would have seen a horse and cart. Hmm. Um, God knows what they thought Castes was doing at the front with the horse when he was cranking it. Though. <laughs> Whoa. Maybe they saw a cow, and he's yeah. milking a cow. He's milking a cow down there. It's, it's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame, really. I mean, we get to see people from different periods of, of um, you know, uh, human history, but we never see a Roman, do we? We never have any Romans in that um, gang that form no. up. No. Are they? Is it because they're too primitive? Possibly. 
But all right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, the whole idea is you you, you get the elite of soldiers that you've snatched from time, you you you, you pit them against each other, and then the survivors you you take on. And at some point, this warlord they're going to use the, this army. But presumably, you've got to train them in you know um, that generation's weapons and stuff. I mean, if you get a Roman who's beat everybody else, well, he's no good with a sword, is he? In whatever century this is. No, you, that's that's what I was thinking. It's like they're going, okay, we've got the we've got the best Roman army going. Oh, they've all been wiped out by a man with a laser gun. Bugger. Mm. Uh, yeah, I. It almost this this it's almost like it feels like they should have done it in a more um, uh, uh, land uh, land at time forgot type way, where each, every time they moved into a different zone, they got more and more advanced. So it's like, let's take the Roman army, see who survives out of that. Then reprogram them to be Crimean War. Yeah. See who survives at that until you get to the end when you've got, you know, you have got the best of the best. Because I, I don't know if they're going to end up with a right raggedy old army to take over the world with. Yeah. Um. One one question I've got for you, and I couldn't work this one out. So they mention the Doctor says that when you go through the mist, you'll change in time zones, and it's sort of implied that. These, these time zones, it's not just, it's actually different times. You're traveling in time to go through the mist. And that also explains why they're using time and space TARDISes to, trans, to, to go there. Because if this was all on one planet at one time, why would you need time machines to get to the time? No, no, I don't think it is. I think it is just one planet. And it's yeah. a bit like, you know, Westworld or something like that, yeah. where you have different zones and this mist is a, um, a barrier between them. And, you know, the people who have been processed can't go through that mist. And the only time so travel bit is to bring those... To to because it's like the TARDIS. The TARDIS isn't just a, a time machine. You can use it just to travel, can't you? Yeah. I mean, that's Maybe. A, but they're making a big fuss of that the... The, the time uh, the the war chief is he's, he's a time lord and they can only do this plan because he's created these things unless they meant that he he's kidnapped him from that's the what Earth. I think it is yeah he's he's using it as a time scoop isn't he yeah these targets how did he coerce all those people to get on his box what did he make it look like a brothel or so I think that would work in any century, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, get the soldiers in. Yep. Um, I suppose it's probably best not to think too much about the details of this plan. Cause no, because it's just there. a rollicking little run, isn't yeah. it, this story? So, yeah, yeah, you don't think of it while you're doing it. It's only because we're <laughs> podcasting we're thinking of it. Yeah, we're overthinking it. I, 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 we're, we're into episode three, and already the stretch is starting to feel that there's a lot of padding. Uh, so even so far it's been good you know we're meeting new characters and it's all interesting and then this is the point I think that the that a lot of the rot sets in as far as because like we're in episode three and they've already everyone's already been captured and escaped like four times yes true Um, and we yeah this just goes on and on and on which is this is my my biggest uh, problem with this story is it just there's no way it should have been 12 uh, 10 episodes hmm if this was a, a nifty four-parter, or even, let's push it to six, but, yeah, ten, oh, it's, it, it's a bit of a slog. It is, rather, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Um, yeah, and in episode three, that's where they find the map of the zones with this blank space in the middle that the doctor says they need to get to. This this map is interesting. Yeah, so they they do this thing of again, so they've got to go back to the general's room because they think the map might be in his safe, and then they have to blow the safe and get this messing about with Mills grenades and things. That's padding. Yeah, pure padding. And then they get this map out. There's a little explosion and. The, they get the map out and they fold it out, and you, you suddenly notice that the the 1917 zone and the Roman zone don't border with each other. <laughs> You've just made a huge plot point of this, and yeah. they, they don't touch. I suppose there is that, but you know, again, yeah. TVs back then we wouldn't so, have really yeah. seen that. I don't think. Yeah, I wonder. That's that's interesting actually. I wonder if I can't remember on VHS whether you had seen much detail on that. Mm. Probably not. You know, probably well, with the state of TV and transmission and reception and everything, I mean, you need to be told stuff rather than you studying it on the screen for yourself. Yeah, you know? true. Yeah. yeah. So they, so, and then they, they, they leave because they, they're going to try and get to the centre of the, the map. Um, so they leave in the ambulance skin, and then this is the point. I was like, oh, so they get captured by the Germans, and we go through the exact same plot but now on the German side. It's curtailed a bit, but it's like, oh, Terence, Terence. In he, it, in, in that things. bit, right, the Doctor calls himself, um, you know, Dr. John Smith. Is this the very yeah. first time he calls himself no, John Smith? No, no, it, the first time is in the wheel in space, and it's Jamie makes the name up because he sees it on a piece of medical equipment. Oh, right. So, so uh, the Doctor in that is saying, not the Doctor, but the, the wheel in space is real Doctor. Uh, says, I need his name for the medical forms, what is it? And Jamie is looking around in panic and he sees this oh, uh, okay. like medical equipment and it says John Smith Company. He goes, oh, John Smith. Um, which is why it annoys the crap out of me with modern Who fans that they're making <laughs> such a thing. Of, oh, I wonder if it's to do with it. I wonder if the significance of it. No, it's not. No, it's not. Bloody watch some proper Who. <laughs> um, sorry. You like cat? Cat's moving. Um, where were we? Yeah, so we get to Germans, and we get a nice, uh, a nice little uh, effect shot of the Sonic. So the doctor, even, I think even the doctor's a bit bored at this point, and he goes, "I'm not going. I'm not going to try and talk you around it. I'll show you some alien devices." Uh, and we get a nice little shot of the uh, Sonic in action. And it's done very well, isn't it? it it's yeah, really and done this is very what it well. Should be doing, yeah. Yeah, it always reminds me of the you know the screws undoing in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where yes, you know that that, true, that, yeah. that little grill in the floor undoes like that but uh, yeah. yeah this is when it was a screwdriver literally yeah. a sonic screwdriver yeah, um, it's almost as if if the name of it is some sort of giveaway isn't it yeah you would think yeah you would think and it, and um, he's got a believer um he convinces the yeah, uh, the, the german we, bod yeah. that um yeah uh, but you then think, yeah you think oh excellent he's convinced him brilliant and then he goes off to see his general yeah. and his general emphasizes <laughs> and he comes out and it's like even the doctor goes, oh, I'll, okay, we'll show you again. And then just pulls a gun on him. It's like, I'm not yeah. doing this. And then we cut to, uh, to our character, don't we? Yeah, so in he comes. Or, or yeah, does he uh, mince? Um, he minces in. He, he does mince in. in. And he's, yeah. He is, he's, I mean, he's pretty much dressed as Doctor Evil, isn't he? He's, he's in a Nero suit. Yes, but he's like, long so, before yeah. Doctor Evil, though. Oh, long, long before. <laughs> that, um, he, uh, He's got, like you say, that medallion around his neck that he makes a big play of. 
I don't know what it's meant to be, but it never when, comes when he's instant. talking about his power, yeah. he actually holds yeah, it up. He's holding <laughs> it, yeah. And I think, what is it? What is it? Oh no, not going to be told. No, it's just a I bloody love, great I medallion. Love his, uh, I love his beard. I love his look. I think it's just amazing. Now watching it now, I mean, I said, I said, you know, when I revealed that we'll be talking about him this week, um, um, it reminds <laughs> me so much of when you know George Michael went solo. He oh, had yeah. that sculpted hair. He had that sculpted yeah. beard, didn't he? And it's like bloody hell! It, this is George Michael. Do you, think, Michael. Do you yeah. think George Michael watched this and went, "That's my new look"? <laughs> And, yeah, there he is, um, you know, with his huge medallion. In the original yeah. script, it had him wearing a cape, and I can quite believe it. Oh, I can imagine him wearing a cape, yeah. swishing in <laughs> yeah. with his cape on. And he co- oh. in he comes, bless him, and, you know... God, he's good, though, he? He is terrific. And, you know, back here on Blake Seven in character, you know, we, we, we mentioned a few times that when certain actors appeared on that show because they were in science fiction they would camp it up yeah. and be like they're in a pantomime which i think is what he is doing but unlike some of the people on blake seven in character that did it this is thoroughly engaging to me yes. i think he, he's struck just the right note of campness and seriousness and he doesn't let up even when philip maddock comes along and philip maddock bless him is giving his all and acting totally seriously yeah. You know, unlike, you know, some other actors where they might go, oh, I've got to up my game now and match him. He, he is consistent in his campness, the yes, war chief. It, yeah, the war chief, I, yeah, I think you're right. He's hit the perfect level of, I, I know it's silly, and you know it's silly, but we're going we're gonna to ignore that because we both acknowledge that it's silly. He plays it perfectly. I would have loved to have seen him carry on. I know a lot of... And again, you get a lot of fans that go, they'll watch it for the first time and go, oh, is this, is this the master? And you can see it. He would have made a great master. Mm. Um, I mean, he's not for all, for all the people that suggest that. No, he's not. There is tons. I looked into it and there is tons of backstory on the Warchief, nice. fan fiction backstory. Um, yeah, and, and on YouTube, you can see it and, and people have actually morphed. When we last see him, they've morphed him into Roger Delgado and saying this is when he regenerated into Roger Delgado. And you could kind of believe it, you know, but it's not true. It's not. I think, I think there's, because obviously, you know, the master was created by Terrence Sticks, basically. I think he's reused his ideas or perhaps even they thought this, this guy's gone down so well. We need a we need an enemy for the doctor. And, oh, we we were get, oh, are we doing him as a time lord? We've got a time lord before, haven't we? You could see that mm. that sort of conversation could have happened. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, the the three villains. I mean, could you call him a villain? He is. He's, I suppose he's a villain. But the three villains in this are all amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love them to bits. Well, this is the war chief who we've got yes. first, and I'm, I must do a shout out to Mickey Rat because last week we were conjecturing about you know his outfit and oh, I wonder what colour it is has anyone got oh, yes. a colour photo and and Mickey Rat's come up with the goods on our Facebook page hasn't he he, he yeah. put up a picture it seems to be some sort of like brownie colour but I would love yeah. it to have been burgundy uh, I, yeah it would have suited him burgundy absolutely it's alright you know brown his look is so distinctive brown, I mean he's got he's got these he, he's got this quite a quiff on him hasn't he um, yep. But he's got these very sculpted 
um, sideburns. He's got like two sideburns on one side each. Yeah, I was I was trying to sort of see because it's a very clear again a very clear picture. I was trying to see whether that was a wig or not, and I thought I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think it's his own hair. Set, but, but that's not a standard thick. haircut for you know 1969, no, no, is def- it? Definitely not. No. Mm. Um, I I do like it. It's it's interesting that you look and it's like his his real side is have been cut into a shape, and then he's got fakey side underneath. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it's. It, it's good because it suggests alienness enough without, like, you know, doing the Star Trek route of, of you know, putting something on their top of their nose or have their ears be different. Yeah. It also suggests to me that Time Lords have fashion styles, yeah. you know, oh, that well, they yeah. follow um, as well. <coughs> third Doctor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you imagine the War Chief going up against oh, John Pertwee? That would have been perfect, yeah. I would Blimey, yeah. That would have been good. So there he is, in he comes, and uh, he's startled by the news, you know, that these three causing all this trouble, they're claiming to be time travellers. Yeah. And immediately yeah. it's like, well, you know, I want them captured, I brought them here, you know. But it, this, this is great, again, great, um, great writing by Terence, um, in that we know what he is. I would, I'd love to go back and... Because even when I first watched this, when it first came out on VHS and I watched it, I knew the story, you know, you'd read the book. Right? I'd love to have come to this blind, where you didn't know he was a time lord. It must, yeah, because it, it's, it's, it's sort of minutely portioned out, in it? You get a little bit of information, yeah. and another little bit of information, and another... See, I never read the book, but I'd read enough about, yeah, you know, this mythical story to know all about the War Chief before I finally did see it. But uh, we, we, we get a little hint, and again, uh, Mickey Rat on Facebook, he, he, he posed the question, because it's very rare the war chief has an inner monologue. We hear what he's thinking, because he says, time travellers, I wonder, you know, yeah. and that's a little nod as well, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it, clever, clever stuff. Mm. Really yeah. Um, and, then we, and then we go to a new zone, don't we? We go to the American Civil War zone. I've got questions about this thing. Um, and again, I'm, I'm overthinking it. So, First World War, uh, very much a static war. Yeah. So I, I can understand that they're training these soldiers. They've been there for months, possibly years, and they say that we've part of their conditioning. We learn later on is that they've got to. It's got to be as close to real life as possible, and it makes sense. They're in the trenches. Um, you know, there are some issues with it, but they're in the trenches. It makes sense. The American Civil War wasn't a static affair. It meandered all over the place. There was very few battles occurred, well, almost none occurred in the same areas mm. more than once. You would have a, a pitch battle, it would move off. Pitch battle, move off, it devastated most of the country. So what are, the, what are these people thinking when they're stuck by this barn? <laughs> Maybe they turn off. Them. Maybe their programming just turns them off when they, uh, you know, <laughs> do you they think don't have anything. Day it it might well be, yeah. 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 They sort of they do a, you know, they're doing a battle. It the ends, and they reset it with some new troops. You know, you're doing this battle again. Reset it. It's almost like a theme park. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I. It, it doesn't make much sense, but it's this is the old. I mean, this is what. This is what young boys like, isn't it? Well, they we want to did. see lots of soldiers. Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> you, 
it's because this is definitely aimed at, at the male viewer, I think. I don't want to be horribly stereotypical, but yeah, I don't, I'm not sure well, many I, people are going to get... Who, who is it? Is it? I think it's David Maloney asked his son... Yeah. You know, what wars would you like to see featured in Doctor Who? And it, oh, and it was his oh, son who yeah. said, uh, the Romans, I want to see the Romans, yeah. I want to see the American Civil War. So that's two of the reasons why they're in it. I suppose we've got to be thankful, really, they, they didn't go, I want to see the Zulu War. Shit, of course, blimey. <laughs> that would be a bit then. different, yeah. We've got to talk about something about that, sort of, shortly. Yeah. But in this barn... That's when this transport device, we, yeah. we, we, it hasn't been given a name yet, but another no, no, one yeah. of these things, and, and it arrives and it discharges all these troops. And Zoe says, it's got to be bigger on the inside, just yeah. like the TARDIS. Yeah, and you can the look on the Doctor's face. Yeah, because immediately he says, yeah. I want to take a look inside, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and that's when he and Zoe go in, and that's when it vanishes. That's the end of episode three there. Um, and in episode four, they're in it, and Zoe is asking, who else would have something like a TARDIS? And it's quite expansive, the rooms inside yeah. this, aren't they? Yeah, it's um, lots of shower curtains <laughs> in there. But they, they actually do a really good job, I think, of, of trying to portray that there's multiple armies inside this thing. And it's, it's done with like mirrors and stuff like that. You can see where the mirror is and that the troops suddenly... Uh, and face in different direction, like two rows back and stuff like that. But it's really, for the time, it's really done well. And then when they when they, they land at the next spot and they move out and they're using the old pantomime trick, you know, Alibaba, yeah. where three men go past and then run around the camera and go past. Well, that's a Dalek trick as well yeah, on this show, isn't it? Did, yeah, did it on the Daleks. But it works. Yeah. This, 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 this little episode has got, <clears throat> has got quite an epic feel because we're not used to seeing more than sort of five people because couldn't afford it um yeah it, it, it's a it's a good little effect and, and it's it, nice to see Troutman worried yes yeah he doesn't know where this is going does he no he doesn't and it's great because normally we used to the doctor being in charge and sizing up a situation and it's really it's off-putting that he's i don't i won't say he's frightened but he's yeah he's worried about this yes such yeah. a good actor Troutman. oh he was wasn't he um, yeah. Meanwhile, um, you know, back in the barn, you know, Jamie and Jennifer are rescued by Raker from Blake Seven, who I always yes, forget I is said, in it. Yeah, I did. I, I in my notes, I put Raker. Yes, there he is. <laughs> and, watch out. And and a good guy for once, yeah, you know. Really um, good, good, good. I love his. He's just a really good accent as well. Yeah. I mean, it's probably ter- if Americans are listening, it's probably terrible. But I thought that's all right. He's, he's no, he's all right. Yeah. Unlike you know his boss, who is the German. Oh, he's general, terrible, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but now well, he, he he's now meant to be an American. Well, general. I don't understand this because <coughs> pardon me. He's uh, when you see him in the German trenches, he's talking in that cod German accent. You know, mm-hmm. he really fights among the beaches, uh, and it's like okay, he's a German general, it makes sense. And then you see the Americans of War, and you get this atrocious voiceover from behind. And I thought, oh, I wonder if he he couldn't do the accent. And this is someone else. But then later on, I don't know why they ADR'd that bit, but later on he's talking in this terrible accent. But when he goes back to the base, he's got a natural German accent. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand what, what's going on there. And both accents are terrible. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah, but yeah they're, they're both shockingly, uh, shockingly 
Amdram. Yes, yeah. I recognise him as well. I don't know what I've seen him in, but I've recognised him from something. He was in the War Games. Oh, yeah, yeah he was good. That's where that. you recognise him, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and... Uh, there, yeah, we go, we go back to... Well, we the, see the war yeah. chief. He's there with his boffin, yeah. this boffin with the nifty I, glasses. Yeah, well, I was going to mention these glasses. This is really so. So all of the all of the um, the aliens when they're in the war zones have got glasses that they put on, and mm -hmm. it like hypnotizes people, or yep. it, it's their control thing, like monocle. Really good, a nice idea. And then you see this guy, and he's got he's got glasses on as well, really thick ones. But there, it's, it's such a great effect. And I don't know why they did it. But his are like tinted, frosted. Yes. Except for the middle bit. For the very middle it's, bit. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such a simple effect, but I was fascinated by that. Um, again, I, I recognise him from some stuff, but he's really good as well, isn't he? He normally plays like a civil servant type. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, we find out in that scene that, you know, when, when you know, Arlot, the Doctor and everyone are going to be yeah. captured, they're going to be reprocessed. This is the first yes. time we really uh, get hints that, um, you know, there's some sort of mind control going on. Uh, yes, yeah, on. He's, he's made a, a portable version. Doesn't seem very practical, but he's made a portable version. Um, and he's, he's trying to perfect it, which is weird because it suggests that they haven't perfected it yet. I know they make mention that, that the reason they've got rebels and that is because uh, every now and again someone comes along where it doesn't work. But they're sort of in this scene they're suggesting that the version they've used isn't very good. Mm. So he's designed a new one, and this is the, I think this is the first glimpse we get at the the no sorry that didn't work fuzzy felt controls. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah. that doesn't hold up um, no. these days. I mean everything else classic you know 60s you know uh, piece of science fiction but the fuzzy felt uh, controls yeah. no terrible. no no terrible not in the slightest no no that's a fail I'm afraid <laughs> yeah but you say about you know um, that processing doesn't work if you're part of the resistance we find that out from the guy from love thy neighbor yeah, yeah, old. Um, oh, what's it? He was in EastEnders as well. Yeah, he went on to EastEnders, yeah. and I, I always forget that he's in it as well. And yeah. and as soon, I mean, you said earlier about the Zulu Wars, and as soon as I see him, it's like, uh oh, because yeah. I always forget he's in it as well, and it's like, uh oh, stereotypes. Here we go. Um, but no, he's really, really good, and and you know, um, color isn't an issue. That it no. wasn't, it wasn't we at weirdly, all necessary. No, but weirdly. In the American Civil War zone, it should have been. Yes, um, but no, that, so, no, so, no yeah. mention is made of it at all. No, no, it could, yeah, which is very progressive for for Doctor Who. Although it was, wasn't it? It was quite ahead of its time in that respect. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's really good. He's a great actor. Oh, what's his name? Oh, what is his name? We're doing him a disservice, aren't we? We are, yeah. Um, Do you want to Google okay. it or shall I? Go on, you Google it. All right, you carry on and I'll Google. Yes. So, so yeah, he, he turns up and you think, and I, again, I don't know whether this is another part of Terence's genius. You think, oh, here we go. They've been captured by another, the other side again. Uh, yep. but no, he's not. He's actually with the rebels. Um, so he's cast off his conditioning. Um, and he knows that. He doesn't, he doesn't know that there's like aliens involved in it, but he knows that they're not in the American system. It's not always it seems, yeah, is it? Exactly, yeah. And uh, that's quite a turn up for the books because you've been sort of almost beaten to a 
a sense, false sense of knowing what's happening so far. And then it's like, oh, they've twisted it a bit. Well, well done, well yeah. done Terence. You've twisted yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rudolph Walker is his That's name. Rudolph Walker, yes. Yes, yeah. yeah, great, yeah, yeah. great actor. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, meanwhile, Doctor and Zoe, they've they've got the nifty glasses on. That that's their disguise that they're wearing these glasses. Yes, yeah. And that, and they they've dropped in on the Boffins lecture uh, where we find out they're not on earth, you know, and all yeah. these soldiers have been scooped out of time. Yeah, they're not because they're not on the home planet because they make mention of going back yes. to the home planet. So they're just on a planet, a training ground, I suppose. Um, I love the fact Troughton actually has a field day with these glasses that he's doing <laughs> so much stick with them. It's great. Uh, but then the war, the war chief comes out and Troughton recognises him, doesn't he? The second yep. doctor recognises him, yep. which is shocking. Well, before we talk about that moment, <coughs> the war chief comes in. He's got his heavies with him as well yes. in, in these he black goes everywhere outfits. With, yeah, he goes everywhere with these gimp warriors what do you think of the gimp warriors I they've not aged well at all nor have the guns these long rectangle guns have they I, yeah i quite like the fact that they they've got the guns and they've actually got physical lighting in so you get this sort of uh, beam effect i like that but later on we get a really clear look at one where they're saying where the rebels are going we've got this gun how do we operate it and it's it's just it's almost bare wood and unshaped st- it's such a crappy that's sloppy yeah that's sloppy sloppy. the guns are sloppy but yeah chaos ensues as soon as these two look at each other they know don't they and and, you know um, it would have been you know uh, quite okay I suppose for the war chief to have gone you the doctor or something like that but they don't because Terence Dix is a better writer than that well this is again going back to the I think we I can't remember it was last week before we mentioned that up to a certain point, Time Lords will recognise each other. They don't recognise, recognise and go, oh, Oh, it's when we were talking about the Rani, yeah. wasn't it? The Rani, that was it, yeah. But Time Lords, they knew Time Lords. They knew, you could tell immediately if this was a, a fellow Time Lord. And I think this is what happens here. But, yeah, then we get some comedy uh, comedy running off from Chowder. <laughs> yeah. He's doing <laughs> his Charlie uh, Chaplin, yeah. isn't he? He is, yes. Yeah. Bless him. All right. Uh, episode so he gets captured. Yeah, What's he gets surprise? captured. Up for the book. Yes, again. And episode five. Um, I like the way <coughs> Jamie says how the troops come out of a big green box. Yeah, so there green. you go. We, we know, know green, these yeah. things are green. Um, but the resistance, because they can't see the box, they believe yeah. that there's a tunnel. And yes. we also find out the resistance is this ragtag band of soldiers from across time. Yeah. But they haven't been processed anymore. So, you know, they if, if you're an American Civil War soldier talking to a First World War, War soldier, you won't see each other as someone like yourself. They will know that they're from a different zone, won't they? You would think so, yeah. That you, you, uh, at, at worst, you would think they would say, you must be from a different country or something. But they know, they know that, like, that if you're from the First World War and you see a... American Civil War soldier, you know that that's someone dressed from someone in the past. It wouldn't work the other way around, but yeah, so they must know that there's something weird going on here. Um, it's, a, I, I, it, it's again one of those um, go and dress up from the store cupboard type band of warriors, but it, it, it works in this case. Mm. You know, they've raided the BBC, uh, you know, stock cupboard of, of uniforms. 
but yeah, I I do you know I'm a sucker for uniforms and uh, I love this. This is this is this would have been right on my street as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we meet yeah the leader we meet of the things who I, I think is really good. He's uh, called Russell, uh, and he's a Boer War uh, English soldier. No, he's, he's really great. good. Yeah. He he's is really good. All yeah. the characters in this yeah. are, are really really good, aren't they? And talking about really, really good characters, we've got Zoe in the most amazing swirly spiral 60s room yeah, meeting the security it's like, chief. It's a trippy room, yeah. Security chief, one of my favourite characters in this, um, James Bree. Uh, I, I think he's excellent. And you're, you're dead right, you said to me last week, he's, he's, he's doing Davros before Davros. I, Michael Wisher must have seen yeah. this because <laughs> every time he speaks, that is Davros talking. Yeah, it's you know? amazing. He's got yeah. He doesn't contract any of his words. Everything's spaced out evenly, and then as he's getting out more heated, he's not getting agitated. It's just his voice rises. His voice it's, rises, yeah. and he puts in lots of false stops unnecessarily. Yeah. So yeah, whenever he, he says the warlord, it's he? always the war. Lord, yeah. he? yeah. he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's so, he's such a scary character. Um, yeah, he's he's interrogating Zoe because we find out that he doesn't. I mean, these people are quite xenophobic anyway, but he doesn't trust the war chief because he's not one of us. Mm -hmm. And you could you could read that in a is this a class sort of is this Malcolm Hulk doing a bit of class? So that's always the. That was the civil service thing, wasn't it? It's like, well, you can't employ him. He's not one of us. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the fact that he sort of says that, it's like, oh, is this a dig? It could be. Um, but yeah, he he's questioning Zoe. It's a great. I mean, it ranks up there with the Daleks questioning Romana. Yeah. In this, yeah, he's going. You know, what time zone are you from? She goes, I'm from the 21st century. What time zone are you from? He just keeps repeating it. Because he's not getting the answer he wants. No, and he's wearing the um, most amazing helmet while doing so as well. Yeah, it's, um, it is amazing. It doesn't look very comfortable or practical. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know what quite what it's meant to be doing. I mean, we do. We sort of we get a view later on where it's like overlaying weird brain patterns on people that they're using it on. Um, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to it because that's quite funny. But yeah, he he works out that Zoe isn't one of their. Conditioned soldiers, um, and then the, yeah, uh, and, and that you you know that he's got this beef with the war chief that doesn't trust him, wants him gone. Well, they, classic they, sort of power struggle. Aren't they they, that, they butt heads a lot, and you, you you know that's coming up. We have this button of heads when you know the war chief is quite furious. You know when he's asked yeah. how d how did you recognise the doctor, and uh, we get. A bit of info then don't we because he says when I came to your people I was promised cooperation and then he says without the knowledge I have and that's when he holds up his medallion okay and uh, apparently that was an ad-lib ad by old Edward the actor oh, right. yeah I mean he, you could you could say perhaps that's his TARDIS dematerialization circuit or something yeah yeah and uh, you know the security chief just basically says to him if you're not happy take your complaints to the war, the war lord. lord. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. And I love the way they they say that, and they both react as if they it's like, oh, no, okay, yeah, you. No one wants to go and see the warlord. It, it is seeding all these things all yeah. the way through, you know. And you, you, you know, when when Zoe is being inter interrogated, she she talks of at some 
uh, of a space-time machine, and that boffin says that's impossible. Only the war chief knows about that. And then the yeah. security chief says, and his people, you know? And then says that the war chief is a traitor to his own people. So how can we trust him, you know? Yeah. So it's really clever what <coughs> old Terence is doing here. Yeah. He's, he's layering stuff, isn't he? It's, he's, la he's layering sort of mysteries on. And not in the sort of the way that like modern things do, like Lost and stuff like that, where you're just, it's a mystery, so therefore it's worth, it's just, you don't have to answer it. It's just a mystery to get you. Everything has a resolution as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. Great yeah. Um, we get we get a weird thing, don't we? That um, we go back to the resistance people, and um, they they decide not to take a bit bit of sexism going through. They decide not to take uh, uh, Lady Jennifer with them, mm. uh, and then they make the rationale that actually we've got hundreds of wounded here that need your attention. I thought hundreds of wounded. So how how big is this resistance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't see that, do we? Don't we? See them, no, 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 no. Um, shortly, I mean, you know, um, when that machine arrives, uh, that Jamie comes out and they're all shot and they're all stunned, yes. aren't they? And good, good scene, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all very tense, isn't it? You know, and yeah, and that the, the boffin asked the security chief if the war chief have, could have brought in more time lords. And that's the first time, isn't it? I think first that's the first time we ever yeah. hear the word Time Lords. Yeah, ep episode episode six has is, is got many firsts in it. And yeah, this is the first mention of Time Lord. It's so casually thrown out there. It is. Um, but it's also, it is casually done because the only reason they're called Time Lords is because we've got a Warlord. Yes. You know, and, and the implication throughout this is that the Time Lords are just the same as the Warlords, except they're lords of time whereas the warlords are lords of war and it it's, it's really weirdly done that doesn't survive past this one story so obviously next time we see the time lords it's already mutated into something different but this is yeah it's, it'd be really fascinating to see where they would have gone with this version of the time lords yeah well we'll never know now will we we'll never you know. Know. oh and i'm sure there's probably fanfic Yes, yeah. All right, so, um, I, I mean, that's when they check out <laughs> Jamie's brain. And, yes. <laughs> I don't get this. So they, 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 they're checking out, like, um, I think they do Russell's brain or something like that, and it's just it's a cartoon drawing of brain. It, it, yeah. it doesn't look great. And then they do Jamie's, and it's all squares. It's all bricks, like Tetris. Yeah. So what are they saying about Jamie? Oh, I don't know. But, but they, learn that, that they learn from it yeah. that he has never been programmed. He's yes. never been processed before, and that takes him back. That really takes the war chief back. Um, and um, you know, uh, as I say, the security chief's mannerisms are very Dalek-like. Yes, very. very um, and also, uh, again, I forget that uh, David Troughton's in it. Yeah, we get a lovely David Troughton scene. Um, it's not not a huge part, but yeah, it's. I, I don't know whether this is the first thing he was in. Or he looks incredibly Dalek. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that pad in, but then we go back where we've got the Doctor, Jamie, and Carstairs. They they escape in one of these machines. Well, this this is astonishing for the time. So, nor so so the they they decide to escape, and the guards turn up, and Carstairs just shoots them dead. Mm. 
That happens quite a bit. There are yeah. there's a lot of death in this story. There is. I know it's a, it, it sounds stupid, doesn't it? Because it's it's about the First World War and wars and but most of the deaths up till now have been fairly clean, and it's like people getting shot with ray guns. But this is this is a man firing a Webley into the face of for for all he knows innocent guards. Yeah. 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 You know, these poor buggers, they turned up for work in the morning. They weren't expecting they that, were they? The face. Yeah. They shot in the face by Lieutenant George. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this is this is the point where they steal the thing. It it suddenly makes the noise of the TARDIS. Oh, is that the point? Yeah, and this right. is the point. Yeah. I don't know whether it was just, you know, perhaps they lost the, uh, the, the LP of the other noise or something. But yeah, it suddenly... Like the TARDIS noise. Yeah. Well, they, they, they're escaping it, but it's stopped, and the Doctor tries to override the command, but, you know, the controls, and he says, are different to the TARDIS. Yeah. And uh, the War Chief decides to get them out by operating the dimensional control. Starts moving around with the fuzzy felt things, and the interior's walls start closing in. Yes. So, yeah, it start, starts to shrink it. I mean... It's, it's a nice, it doesn't quite work, but it's a nice effect and nice idea. La, I mean, the last time we saw this was in uh, with the Meddling Monk, wasn't it? Yeah. Where the Doctor reduces, or plays with the dimensional controls and reduces it to the size it would be based on the outside. Um, but yeah, good good episode ending this. Yeah. I like this one. Um, well, the resolution in episode 7 is the Doctor coming out. He, he, he fires off a gas bomb or something. Changes the controls of the fuzzy felts and goes back in, and he seems to have locked off the control, so they now can't control. The, yeah, the, it's a bit of a thing. silly scene, this, isn't it? Yeah, the resolution because how stupid did these guys? So he's got this gas bomb, flash bomb thing, and he throws it down, and it's like just shoot him. You know, you don't need to see him. You know where he's coming from. You know where he's going to. Yeah. Um, interesting. This is the this is the only time in the show that they refer to the uh, the travel machines as uh, side rats. Yeah, but that, TARDIS backwards. Yeah, but they call it side rat. It should be Sid rat. Sid rat. Yeah. You know. Hmm. Otherwise, it's tardy. Tardy res or something. Tardy this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's never mentioned again, so I don't know whether that was a, a, a mistake. I um, don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But at that point, that's when the klaxons go off, because the warlord yeah. is here, and the war chief immediately insists on going and seeing him personally. Yeah. He's, mm. a, he's a lovely toady, and he's got to go. He is a toady, because yeah. in he comes. In comes the warlord, yeah. who asks oh, his war chief if all is well. Now yeah, we know that the these great Philip Maddock, Philip oh, Maddock who been. who's wearing the glasses, and yes. it's the hypnotising glasses. So do you think he is just controlling everyone that he talks to? It could. I mean, I've never even thought that it could be. Um, I don't know. All this entire planet is made up of short-sighted people. <laughs> Cosmos every, pieces. Yeah. Again, it, everyone wears. So all the guards wear visors over their faces. Um, all the scientists seem to, all the students doing it seem to. Everything's connected to the eyes, isn't it? Do you know how have gone to the opticians? No, in the script there's a reference that, that, that the strange sunglasses, those white card yeah. things, is because, you, you know, the, 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 this, uh, the, this alien race are sensitive to light. That was the yeah, idea yeah, of those. Get, yeah, because later on 
you do get the, uh, the warlord where they, the time lords just fire a bright light at him and shrivels up and goes, ah, me eyes. Yeah, goes, yeah. Um, wouldn't they, shouldn't they be wearing sunglasses? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but this is science fiction, so we get these oh, okay. instead. And we get much bickering. There's an awful lot of bickering between the war chief and the security chief, isn't there? And this is all yeah. in front of, of the warlord. Um, to be fair, though, if you've ever been to any middle management meeting where the boss turns up, this is dead accurate. <laughs> this yeah. is what you get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the doctor, meanwhile, they've gone to the general's base, haven't they? And, and he's set up a time zone right around the chateau. He's set up this yes. mist so nobody can get in. None of the troops outside can go through it. Yeah, he's got this weird weird plan. I mean, it never comes off, so you don't have to think too much about it. So the doctors, he's set up this chateau as the base of operations um, on the assumption that, yeah, the, 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 un, or the, the non-controlled rebels can come and go as they please, but the... Uh, the, the soldiers that have been conditioned to come. Um, but they, they never seem to think that the, the aliens could come. No. You know, it's a, it doesn't seem a very good long-term plan, this. <laughs> no, no. Well, the, this side rat arrives in the chateau, um, snatches the Doctor, and that's when we go into episode 8, don't we? And uh, where the war chief is saying that the doctor must get special treatment, and and you know, oh Edward, he is mincing big time away during these scenes. Yes. He almost looks straight into camera when he's talking, <laughs> uh, where he confirms the doctor is of his race and that he knows him. And uh, yeah. and that's when the that's the moment the doctor wakes up. And uh, the war chief wants to talk to him, but you know the doctor's like, well, "I've got nothing to say to you." He, he's having none of it. But uh, which is a bit, a bit rich from the doctor, and Yeah, yeah. You know, they're both exiles. But then the you, you know the war chief says that he has got methods of his own, and he asks for the room to be cleared. You may have changed your appearance. But I know who you are. Oh, do you? Your machine is a TARDIS. You're too familiar with its controls to be a stranger. I had every right to leave. Stealing a TARDIS. Oh, I'm not criticizing you. We are two of a kind. We most certainly are not. We were both Time Lords. We both decided to leave our race. I had reasons of my own, just as I had. Your reasons are only too obvious. Power. How much have you learnt of our plans? I know that you've been kidnapping soldiers from the Earth from various times in its history and bringing them here to kill one another. But do you realise our ultimate objectives? No objective can justify such slaughter. The war games on this planet are simply the means to an end. Aliens intend to conquer the entire galaxy. A thousand inhabited worlds. But why choose the people of the Earth? They are the most suitable recruits for our armies. Man is the most vicious species of all. Well, that simply isn't true. Consider their history. For a half a million years, they have been systematically killing each other. Now we can turn this savagery to some purpose. We can bring peace to the galaxy. And you can help. 
You see, I'm not the cold-hearted villain you suppose me to be. My motives are purely peaceful. Here we go. This is the scene, the war chief and the doctor. He knows the doctor before the doctor regenerated. And he also says that you had every right to leave and steal a TARDIS. They had both done the same thing, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah, they both, both, that's what I say, he's a bit rich, the Doctor. Having a go at him, isn't it? Because they both did the same thing. Yeah, and he, and it's it's sort of implicit that it was William Hartley was Doctor. Yes, that's what I got, totally. Yeah. New, yeah. Yeah. But he also, he's trying to conjole, you know, the Doctor, and he says that my motive is peace. He wants to use all these uh, soldiers to bring an end to war, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the old, the old classic standby of, uh, yeah, well, let's bring peace to the galaxy by killing everyone. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, that's a really nice scene between the two of them. Um, yeah. But meanwhile... There is a, there, there's an assumption as well in this conversation that the Doctor isn't the Time Lord. Mm-hmm. That this, that the Time Lords are a bit like you've got the War Chief to remember, and then the War Lord is in charge. Yeah. You get the feeling in this conversation that the Time Lords are just those few people it's in charge. In, it's in yeah. the script that the Time Lords are from the same planet, but the Doctor isn't a Time yeah, Lord. Oh, right. okay, yeah, 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 they're like and an that, upper that's the hierarchy. You get, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the Doctor isn't one. You know, the War Chief isn't one. Um, so. Meanwhile, we've got padding, haven't we? Because yes. this is when Jamie meets all the bandits, you know. Well, this, 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 oh, this raises so many questions. So, so earlier on, we we we're told that Zoe's got perfect recall, and oh. because she's seen, Here we go. yeah, she's seen all the the war, she's seen all the rebels, yeah, and she says she goes, uh, yeah, I, I can remember them perfectly. And then, uh, what's his name, uh, the Mexican Villa turns up, and she goes, who are you? So it's like, oh, okay, idiot. And then they're saying, well, what we need to do is, is go and get these people together, and the Mexican guy's going, there's no point, we fight something. And then he finally comes around, because Zoe says, um, I've got the location of all the resistance leaders and the villages they live in from the files that they showed me that the security chief showed me so the security chief knew where the rebels live doesn't hold up does it Mm. (laughs) that's all it is it is pure padding if you got rid of the the mexican bandit part of this you could easily lose one episode and have a nine part oh easily yes yeah i mean I, i i seem to remember i mean you might know from the behind the scenes but I seem to remember this wasn't meant to be 10 episodes or something or no, for some um, reason that, that the, Terence had to extend it didn't yeah um, a six-parter fell through and a four-parter yeah. fell through Yeah. That so it's sad. like Terence you got to fill 10 episodes this would have been a great four-parter mm. I, I don't know why Terence didn't write a four-parter and a six-parter why make it a ten-parter do two stories yeah. You know? well, cause, well, yeah weirdly as well um, they used to do that, didn't they? So, like, um, Seeds of, of uh, Doom was the same thing. So, although it's a six-part, it's in reality a two-part and a four-part. Why didn't he do, a like, a, a four-part? This would have been good. So, you could have done a four-part set in World War One, and have the revelation at the end of it. You know, they've had this World War One adventure. And then, at the end of it, aliens are there, and the Doctor realises, oh, hang on, we're not on Earth. Mm. And you get a lovely six-parter. 
that would have been that would have so much broke a better. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> hmm. All right. Well, we've got that padding going on there. Um, yeah. So oh, oh, I forgot to mention the, uh, the. This is this is where it doesn't quite work. The comedy Jamie scene, where he he, he has to pretend that he's this macho yeah. leader, and it's like this is pure padding. Yeah. Absolutely pure padding. Yeah, it's not too good either. No. All also, right. the uh, the Mexicans are all wearing like uh, great Yarmouth sun hats yeah. <laughs> instead of sombreros. I mean, here we have oh. stereotypes for yeah. sure, don't we? Oh, you dear. know, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily get away with it now. Would you? No, you most certainly would not. No. Um, meanwhile, the warlord he's suspecting that the doctor's been sent by the time lords. But yes. the war chief is saying, no, 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 no. Um, we'll get him to help us defeat the resistance. Um, but we also know at this point, also the war chief intends to become the supre supreme galactic ruler in time. Yeah, it, it, classic megalomania. I mean, it's like that escalated quickly. Um, yeah, so his he, he tries to convince them that the doctor is standard sort of doctor trip that the doctor is actually keep him alive because he's a big help mm. um, and he I don't know whether he believes the doctor's gone over to it or not or whether he secretly knows that the doctor's not but he seems desperately keen to keep the doctor around he might just be lonely I think he wants to believe that yeah, the doctor so, will yeah. help him and, and, and the doctor does doesn't he the doctor yeah. you know sets up this trap to bring Jamie and the others uh, yes. over and as soon as they arrive it's like you know they're arrested and they're led off and uh, you know um, so I I don't know I don't know if the war chief t totally believes that he will yeah I think he, I think you're right he wants to believe that he's done this yeah I mean anyone with half an ounce of sense can see it's it's a big setup um, but also the doctor's very clever because the doctor starts congratulating the war chief on building variations on the TARDIS you know he's modified them yeah. hasn't he they've got dimensional well, this, flexibility well this is yeah this is interesting isn't it because the Troughton's doctor says categorically that you can't have remote control of a TARDIS mm. without reducing its lifespan to the point where it's useless yep um, which is interesting no one presumably told uh, the Rani, that. The Rani, yeah. No, yeah. No one told Eric Sayward. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It reduces the life of the time control units, he yes. says, and yeah. and they won't last for long. And, this, and uh, that's and why the, yeah. the war chief wants his TARDIS. Yeah, because he, he lets on at this point. He's like, uh, they're almost all run down. <laughs> they're all useless now. What was his plan if the Doctor hadn't have turned up? I don't know. My my my, my yeah. question is: has 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 the war chief got his own TARDIS? Is one of these his TARDIS, or what? Do all Time Lords so. have a TARDIS? Um, I don't know. Well, the Doctor stole the TARDIS, didn't he? So yeah, and the Rani had one, yeah. and the Master had one. I don't, I don't, he must have had one to, to escape Gallifrey. Um, yeah, I suppose one of the, perhaps one of these is, because in one of those budget-saving moves, when we eventually do go get to Gallifrey, it's not called that, of course, and we see the actual TARDISes. They're just the side racks painted a different colour. Mm. Um, yeah, so so perhaps one of one of those was his the original one. Original yeah. one. But then why you make such a fuss of? Unless he had to cannibalise it to make the 
<coughs> you know, the other ones. Because he makes such a fuss of all oh, now we've got Doctor's TARDIS. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next up we've got this brilliant scene between the Doctor and the Warlord with Philip yeah. Maddock. Truly excellent in this. I mean, he he is, he, he, like I say, he's given his all, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I've ever seen a poor Philip Maddock performance in anything. I, I honestly don't think I've seen a poor one. Um, even in, like, the uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth film. Although his, his character doesn't really fit with what's going on, nothing really fits in that film with what's going on. He's doing his all. He's, he's a great actor. Mm. So, um, yeah, he's, he's really good. No, and he's terrific in this. He really oh, yeah. he's, he's quite chilling, isn't chilling. he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's that soft-spokenness, isn't it? Yeah. Powerful people don't need to show Unlike the war chief and the security chief, yeah. because they're both they're still up to it, aren't they? They're still squabbling oh, like mad. And, you, you know, the war chief reckons the security chief is up to something. The security chief thinks the war chief is up yeah. to something. If only they'd just get along. Yeah. Plans might have worked. Unfortunately, when the war chief goes to see the doctor, the security chief is listening uh, to it because yeah. he recorded it, didn't he? He's yeah, got he, a tape of it. He makes the classic mistake of blabbing his plans. Um, these people never... If you were if you were like plotting against a powerful person, um, wouldn't you just treat it that you're being listened to all the time? Someone might have it. You don't you don't bl blurt your plans out, do you? But he does this, and yeah, the security uh, chief just listens back and says, oh, "He's so out. gleeful, hasn't yeah. he? He's got him, hasn't he? He yeah. is arrested, isn't he?" I, yeah. yeah, and I I do love when uh, when um, the, the war chief's explaining to the warlord. And he goes, oh, my, it was a fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, like the, I like the warlord saying to him, what a stupid fool you are, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, the doctor and the war chief, they team up. And, yep. um, you know, eventually the war chief kills the security chief, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, he, he kills him. Uh, weirdly, my notes for episode nine, because it's such a great episode, I didn't make many notes because I got drawn into it. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, he uh, yeah he kills him finally, and it's quite a uh, it's quite a nasty death, isn't it? Mm. It's not. You know, I I sort of feel sorry. For, I I like the the security chief because he's although he's an evil person, he's right all the way along. He's doing his job, Every, isn't yeah, he? He's doing his job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he gets gunned down for it. Yeah, but they've got a problem. There's only two vehicles left, and there's no yes. way to get everyone back to their own time zones. Yeah. So. The doctor at this point realizes this is a bigger problem, isn't it? And he starts saying that, you know, contacting his people, and the the um, the war chief is terrified of this, isn't he? He's appalled by it. Yeah. He says, "You you you can't call them in. It will be the end for us." Yeah, and they they sort of imply that that the the time lords aren't particularly good people. That they're actually, you know. The again, the equivalent of the warlord in that their retribution would be worse than what the war chief would, uh, the warlord would do yeah. to them or anything. It's like, hmm, it's yeah. interesting. Here we go. So they, they rapidly gave this up, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Here's my note here. It says, I, I've written down, the Doctor tells Jamie and Zoe how the Time Lords are his own people, but in the original <laughs> script it was the leaders of my race. 
So the Which Time Lords was something else on Gallifrey. Yeah. Hmm. Because um, in um, they sort of they hint at this as well in uh, um, the the terrible Tom Baker one set on Gallifrey with with the Santarans in, don't they? That, oh. that that there's various castes and the Time Lords are a very small mm. ruling class. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so he's going to summon them, and he does it yeah. with some stop-motion playing no, cards, we doesn't he? don't get much stop-motion on Doctor Who, do we? Not much at all, yeah. And he goes into this yeah. trance, doesn't he? He yeah. sits on the floor, goes into a trance as the box, you know, reassembles itself and forms itself. Yeah. Um, he, he psychically sends everything about the situation yeah. and a plea for help, doesn't he, to the Time Lords. And meanwhile, the, the War Chief has legged it. He's gone off to the yeah. landing bay, hasn't he? He's going to try and take one of the vehicles, but that's when the Warlord yeah. arrives. And um, and, and Philip exactly. Maddox great again. He's heard the recording, yeah. and uh, the War Chief tries pleading for his life, but he's just gunned down. That's the end of him. He's yeah. just gunned down. Yeah, very, very chilling end. Yeah, that episode is is a really chilling end because, you know, we've got this wind picks up yeah. and, you know, the Warlord says they are coming and everything, yeah. you know, and we've never seen what a Time Lord looks like. And, you know, that episode ends with the, the slow-mo bit of getting to the TARDIS. Yeah. And well, really, episode 10 isn't really part of the story. It's just no, an add-on, isn't it's it? It's almost a different one. Interestingly, I mean, one interesting fact is, is uh, we can see that Troutman chooses nails mercilessly. And he reaches for the TARDIS. And, oh, okay. um, the other thing, so at this point, regeneration isn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because otherwise, the war chief would regenerate. Yep. Uh, and later on, they make mention that well, in the, well, we'll get to it in the time war thing, but it's not a regeneration. This because regeneration didn't exist. So. You know, it's mentioned in in the Tenth Planet and Power of the Daleks that the Doctor rejuvenated. Yeah. You know, which is you know not not a great <laughs> great thing because Troughton doesn't look much like Harmon. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting that at this point in the history there was no such thing as regeneration. Because um, I was thinking, oh, why doesn't the Warlord? Uh, why doesn't the War Chief regenerate? And then you think, actually, it doesn't exist. Hmm. Although fans on YouTube will um, argue <laughs> against that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we, yeah, we get after this mammoth, um, but thoroughly enjoyable uh, romp. We get episode ten, which is the this is the uh, the episode that changes everything. Yeah. And at the time, this was thought to be the last ever episode of Doctor Who. This was yeah. to round it off. Um, uh, you know, there was no real. There was no real confirmation that they would be getting another series, so it was obviously you know, written as a, yeah, if, you, if we don't get anything more, it's done. Mm -hmm. um, move on, think of something on, else. Yeah. yeah, which is what happened with an awful lot of TV shows. They had only last yeah, like two or three seasons, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah, it's, it's a natural length. I mean, it was thought that Doctor Who had had a bloody good innings, mm. you know, um, that this was the end of it. And if if it hadn't come back, of course, we'd have got another Quakermaster series. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the what ifs, to be isn't happy it? Or sad, yeah. Wonder who would have played him. Oh, Edward here. Can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> yeah. The war chief is Quakermass. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh no, I don't I think, think so. Actually, I think it, no, I don't know. If oh. he was dressed like that as well. <laughs> That's yeah, quite that a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Blimey. Quite a mess is quite a mess. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, right. episode ten. Episode ten. Episode ten. All right. Well, but no war chief in episode ten. So. No, but we do get. We do get. Yeah, he's gone. Should we not discuss it then? Should we just leave it here? Yeah, let's leave it here because okay, right. we've so next week. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, you say about the look and everything. We got to we got to do our little tallies now, haven't we? That's so, true, yes. so um, you know, our, the war chief, our Edward. Um, um, what do you think of how his look? What do you think of the design of the um, war chief? I think ten years ago, if you'd have asked me. Because fashion's changing, I would have said, "Oh God, it's such a horrible dated look." Now I think it's come through dated to be fashionable and great again. I like his look. Again, it's, it's very Doctor Evil. It's very. Do you remember um, uh, the Captain Action? Action yes, figure. yes, I do. Do you remember the, the evil guy from? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much medallion and everything. He's the same. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Edward Brayshaw hasn't got a, a brain that pulsates at the top of his head. That we know about. Maybe that's what the hair was <laughs> concealing. That could be comb over. Just quick comb my brain. <laughs> comb my brain. Um, yeah, I, I like I like his look. I love his uh, I love his stylized. This is obviously this is light years ahead of bloody the Hunger Games when they thought it was so revolutionary to have shaped beards and things. Yeah. Um, no, Doctor Who got there first. Didn't bugger off. Uh, yeah, I, I I like his design. I think it works well do you think we would have if we'd have carried on on the, in a different vein and seen the time lords do you think the time lords would have taken this look this would have been the look of the time lords uh, they, they were near suits and shaped their beards i don't know i mean you, you you know the shaped beards and shaped sideburns wouldn't work with what we eventually see the time lords no, wearing no. i can you imagine if this was the look and this is why the first doctor fled. <laughs> he didn't want any of this. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, I can believe that. Yes, yeah, I can yeah. believe that. Um, yeah. So, design-wise, um, it's always difficult when we do a human form because it it feels wrong to to rate something highly if it's a human because it can't compete with like the design effort that goes into one of the monsters. But but I, I'm happy to give this guy an eight. Like an him. eight. All right. Well, I'm slightly higher than you with an eight and a half. All right. So that's 8.25, which is quite high for a human, isn't it? Yes, I'm just having a look. Where's our nearest human on design? Uh, is it going uh, to be Mavic Chen? No. Uh, Sharaz Jack is 7.25. He's the nearest, all right? A, a whole point below. He was in a gimp suit. He was, he was, he yes. Guard, so. Yeah, all right, so uh, that was design. What about effectiveness? Um, I I unabashedly love Edward Brayshaw's performance here. I, I, he's, he's hit it pitch perfect. So I'm, I think this might be my highest score, I don't know, but I'm going to give him a 9.5. 9.5. I think he's brilliant. I echo totally what you said, but I'm not as generous. I gave him a nine. I went from an eight and a half to a nine. So that's 9.25. All right. This is going to be a horrible one for you to yeah. add together. 
If we're talking effectiveness, he has a match in effectiveness with the uh, Draconians. Yeah, I think that's a fair, yeah. a fair thing. All right, so I'm just going to have a tap on my um, calculator and divide that by two. That is a adversary rating of 8.75, which is incredibly high for a human-style character, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's. I wonder if anyone would be. 8.75. Oh, poor, poor war chief. Mind you, he might like living in a caravan by himself. He's uh, at number 8.75, yeah. the war chief. All right, um, and equally spaced caravans either side of him up the road we've got the sea devils from the sea devils at 9.25 and uh, directly below him at 8.25 we've got the k1 robot from robot right. the foretold sontarian Staya, and zombie gelf but he's alone all right he's alone. <laughs> yeah i think he would he'd probably pay visits to people but i think he yeah he it's be interesting to see whether anyone actually uh, joins him. Yeah, I kind of suspected that you would go high yeah. on on him. I I, I, I thought that you would join me um, with a high rating. Yes, yeah. And, and it's weird as well because we both know him as Mr. Mika from Red Ghost. But boy, do we! Literally, one line in, you'd not think of that, which is that's. I mean. That shows the level of a good actor, isn't it? It's really, really strange, you know, that um, I knew about the War Chief and I'd seen photos, but it wasn't until I saw it, I don't think I got it on videotape. Was it ever out on videotape? Yeah, it was on, it was on VHS, yeah. No, I never, I, I the, waited uh, till DVD. And it's like, bloody hell, that's Mr. Mika. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's that then. Um, this story, the war games. I've, yeah. I've recently asked you, you know, about your, um, you know, your top uh, tens and stuff like that. Yes. Would this be on on your top ten? Um, it sounds weird after just scoring him really highly and saying we enjoy it. Um, I don't think so. It's too. It's just too much of a slog to be to be something you repeat watch. I think. Yeah. It. It's. Um, yeah, I mean, there's very good things in it, and one of the things being yeah. our three, you know, uh, bad guys in it. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's not a classic to be in the top ten, no. I don't think. If if this wasn't... And it's not a regeneration story, because he doesn't regenerate. But if this wasn't a change of Doctor story, or end of Doctor story, I don't think it would be thought of as, as well as it is, because... Separate to the the alien stuff, the the amount of escape and capture, 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 is just mind numbing mm. when you're watching it in a block. But then it was never designed to do no, that. No, no, no. You had a whole week, week yeah, of your exactly, life between yeah. each one. And that, yeah. I mean, I've never tried that, but that might be an experiment to watch one a week mm. and see what happens. But yeah, it's not. I, I'm I'm glad we did it. I will watch it again at some point, but but when I watch it, well, for not for the, the other few times I watched it, um, I got my thumb on the fast forward. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Let's fast forward through that bit. Yeah, especially through the Mexicans. It can't sustain it. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. 
Okay, right. Behind the scenes, right? Yes. Ten part this this one, and as I say, late replacement for two shorter serials, a six parter and a four parter, right? The four parter was going to be written by Derek Sherwin, and the six parter was going to be written by Malcolm Hulk. Do we know what that was going to be about? No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, when they were down in Brighton on that rubbish tip, yeah. um, when Patrick Troughton saw the rats at the tip, <laughs> yeah, he threatened to quit on the spot really? if he saw any more because apparently one of his jobs during World War Two was uh, rat shooting duties. Oh, right. Yeah, and it upset him so much he, he, he never wanted to see him again. It's a bit, to be honest, um, it's not like they could fire him, is it? No. This is his last story. <laughs> that, that, that's a good yeah. point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how uh, they would have got around that. Would they have had they would have had the doctor come out of the TARDIS and say, "I think we're on Earth," and then we'll go away. and then they would have superimposed an explosion and Jamie going, "Oh no, the doctor's been blown up." <laughs> it would have been some fireworks it, yeah. as well. You just yeah. know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the the whole idea of putting on the um, you know the glasses and the monocle for mind control yeah. that was david maloney's idea all yeah. right okay well i think it's nice it's a nice little touch yeah the, the the original script was um just saying that they started talking in an alien voice oh, oh. yeah and as they i say that would have been good. Um, and yeah, as I say, there's tons of spin-offs all trying to explain who the World Chief is and tying him into, you know, being the master, the, the first incarnation of the master and everything. Um, if, if that's what, you know, gets you going, then... Yeah, no, that's fine. Days, I'm not going to think of it that way. Yeah. And in a lot of the, the fiction, he ha is given a name. Oh, right. Oh, and, and it's... No, it's Magnus. No. Yeah. I don't like that. Mag Magnus Pike or Magnuson? They should have called him Mika. Mika, yes. Well, yeah, Mika, there we go. So, yeah, it's Edward yeah. Brayshaw. Um, yes. Who I didn't realise was uh, Australian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he's comes, that comes from New South Wales, yeah. He comes from oh. Mad Max country. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> the war chief? <laughs> I, I, I can see him in Mad Max 2. In that outfit, oh, he, he, could, he could have been humongous, couldn't he? Yeah, that would yeah. Good. The humongous could have had that medallion, no problem. Yeah, yeah and maybe that humongous has those sideburns underneath that well, um, we hockey don't helmet. Know. Yeah, it may well be Edward Brayshaw underneath that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I suggest you suggest that to the actor that played him on Facebook and see if you can. No, I'm not going near that yeah. again. No, no, yeah. no. I was, I, I was virtually duffed up before, wasn't I? For crossing him, I was. I was <laughs> threatened by the humongous. <laughs> I don't want to repeat that. Um, I tell you what, I've, I've got a little project. I think I'm going to do Edward Brayshaw because I do think he's great. And you know, when I was young, yeah, Rent a Ghost was on, and he was Mr. Meeker. So it was very strange to see him in War Games without his, you know, Arthur Daly style hat. You know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I'm going to find a. Um, get a mission and try and find him in the other things he's appeared in you know oh, really? and try and do us yes um here are some things he was one of the mosquito pilots in 633 squadron oh wow but i guess if he's wearing one of those masks you wouldn't see if it was him no, that's, or that's indeed true. if he had nifty sideburns 
Uh, he was in a lot of ITC. He was in the Champions, and we've got the box set of that. So I, I, I have. I've got to find that because you know I can do a screenshot. Uh, he was in the Saint. He was in the Avengers, Department S, Randall and Hopkirk, Moonbase Three, and of course, yeah, Rent-A-Ghost. Fifty-five times he played Mr. Mika in Rent-A-Ghost. So we yeah, have two connections his, to Rent-A-Ghost. Yeah. So the War Chief and the Merka yeah. yes, the link us to Rent-A-Ghost. You know? And um, the third Doctor based his look on Mr. Davenport, didn't he? So yeah, yeah, very good point, yeah. There's three. We should have done a Rent-A-Ghost watch. Do you think Rent-A-Ghost is actually a, uh, a parallel dimension version of Doctor Who? Yeah, but who's the Doctor in Rent-A-Ghost? Not Mr. Claypole. Oh, well, Mr. Claypole. Well, Mr. Claypole's very much like the second Doctor. You've got Mr. Davenport. No, I'm Mr. thinking Mr. Claypole is Sylvester McCoy. Oh, God. Bit of an insult to Mr. Claypole. But... It is rather, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> He was one, the, the actor that played Mr. Claypole. He was like originally uh, quite a uh, serious. He was. He was Shakespearean. Shakespearean yes. Yeah. 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 Rent a ghost. I haven't watched Rent a Ghost for such a long time. Should we do Rent a Ghost in character? Rent a Ghost. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, ripped off mercilessly by Ray Parker Jr. for Ghostbusters. Oh, that that absolutely did. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's taking me back to tea times when I was young. Let's do rent a ghost in character. Yeah, Mrs. let's do Popoff, it. Popoff, Nadia Popoff, <laughs> um, McWitch. Yeah. Uh, what was the, the 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 normal guy? The guy that died in the first episode and became a ghost, and they were helping. Oh him yeah, that what really boring name? bloke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He had no no chin. Yeah. Um, oh God, and they dis he like disappeared after the first series, didn't he? They he always that. played a dullard, didn't he? He was like the yes, Bernard yeah. Breslor of he um, was, yes, of, of yeah, rent a ghost. That, that sort of character, that nineteen seventies, dull but. Thick. Dull but thick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I think I think we've got to instigate a new tally now for this show. Rent a ghost oh, watch. Let's yeah. let's look for any more connections to Rent a Ghost, shall we? I wonder if it's available on the Blu-ray. I don't know. Seems unlikely, doesn't it? As a smaller side, I was in Sainsbury's earlier and they've yeah. dropped the complete Tomorrow People down to about twelve pounds in Sainsbury's really? now. It's eighty episodes or something for twelve quid. You know what, I, <laughs> I, um, I watched uh, when they used, came out on uh, VHS. A mate of mine, big big fan, and he used to get them. And he lent me the red. Was it the red and the gold or red and the blue or whatever it was? Uh, oh, I know I the thing you're talking could, about. Yeah, you remember the like the, the color war thing. And I remember. I loved Tomorrow People. I remember John, Tim, and Tim, and blah, blah, blah. I loved it. I watched it, and it was a right load of old shite. I know. It was I, awful. It's I've, aged I've got one story. Badly, I, I, really. I I can't watch it. I think, oh, no. go on, go on, give it a go, give it a go. It's like no, it's it's it's. Apart from the the stunning, stunning opening credits. Yeah, the theme music and the credits, probably the best. One of the made. best ever made. Yeah. 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 But then look at the rest of it. <laughs> oh <laughs> my like, god! We've blown the budget. Um, it's weird because it's it's more akin to Grange Hill than it is a sci-fi show. Mm. It's that level of I imagine because we all used to watch Grange and love it. But I bet you couldn't watch it now. No, um, no. And Tomorrow People, I thought was the same. I was so disappointed. We're not doing Tomorrow People in character, are we? Maybe no. Rent a Ghost, but not Tomorrow People. Yeah. yeah, wasn't one of them in a band called Flintlock? Yeah, that was Mike Holloway. Who was that? Mike Holloway, he was. 
and yeah. he was uh, yeah he was in flintlock and was constantly yeah, yeah, like on magpie and stuff like that yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and he, he was the heartthrob one and he could not act yes. he was appalling no. absolutely I appalling liked, um, i like i can't remember whether was tim the computer or was john is the sensible john. oldest yes. one and then I there's the him. other one yeah. who, who was quite nice as well yeah. i can't remember what he's not it wasn't nigel and then you had a couple of girls on there didn't you yeah and you, you had a really thick um like pikey one yes yes oh, God, yeah. but you had a rotating cast of them do you remember yes yeah it, it wasn't the same people each story no i think john was in most of them wasn't he he was the leader but they john was in different people because they would make they would say oh this character's off doing something else. Yeah. So we're going to use this other tomorrow person. You had a um, black actor, and she was brilliant because, you know, yeah. they never made, at least I don't remember, a, an issue of her colour either. She was a teacher or something, you know. Yes. And I remember uh, thinking that was really, really good, you know. Mm. So it's a case of, well, so what, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you think we've just lost all of our audience? Yes. <laughs> I thought I was going to discuss the Time Lords. They're discussing... Uh, not, that, not that our listeners sound like... Well, let's bring the listener back. Listener, come back, yeah, come, come back, back because come back. Ian's up, got to make up. an announcement. Ian, you've got to announce <coughs> yes. who we're talking about next time. Okay, now, so... This, this might this cost a, me yeah. money, can I just say, because we're back to the fifth Doctor. Fifth? All right. Third? Third, sorry. No, yeah, yeah. then you I do, the, do fifth. the fifth. I do the fifth if you want. Yeah, no, sorry, third. <laughs> so there, there, there's a small chance I might have to spend money. Oh, right, good. Um, the, I was looking at the, the stories for this, trying to work out which one to do, and um, it's an ever-decreasing amount. You don't realise that Jump Out, we didn't do that many sort of stories that didn't involve like major characters, like the Daleks or the Master. Or the Master, yeah. Yeah, it cuts out so many. But this one, I mean... Okay, I'll let's see if you can guess it. So, in this story, we've got—I don't know how we're gonna we're gonna rate this—but we've got two villains and a monster. Two villains and a monster. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ah, right. It's okay. not on a place called Peladon. It's not. No. no okay. Uh, All right. That was one I considered, uh, but it's got the ice warriors. Did you see that one? So, oh, it's got a gun with the ice warriors. Right. Um, it takes place on Earth and not on Earth. Ah, uh, right. That's the alternative one with the Brigadier with an eye patch. Ah, uh, it is, yes. Inferno. Inferno, right. which I do not own. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, that's all right. I mean, you're, you're, you're instructing me to go yeah. out and buy a John Pertwee Doctor Who. That's not a problem. That's, yeah. Is that what you tell your missus? I was told to. It's research. To. That's what I say yeah. every time. Um, it's research, is, darling. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it would be much of a surprise to anyone that's listening to this podcast that this is one of my favourite Doctor Who's oh, right. going. But I don't know how we're going to do this, because are we doing it on the, the monster... You know the the the, the werewolfy people. Mm -hmm. Are we doing it on the brigade leader? Are we doing it on um, Stallman? I tell you what, I you you watch it. I'll yeah. we, we'll, well, I've got to buy it and then watch it. Um, okay. and you decide. All right. Okay. After watching it. Okay. So we can't announce who the adversary is. No. Except for the fact that the adversary is in the inferno. It'll yes. Be one of them. Yes, one, <laughs> one, of them. Of the, one of the buggers that's in there. Um, but yeah, be, I'm, I'm absolutely intrigued to find out what you make of this one. All right, well, I haven't watched this for, oh God, yeah. like 
long before DVDs was the last time I watched oh, this. So did you get you used to have it on VHS? Though? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was oh my god, sometime in the nineties, I guess. That's shocking, isn't it? That, to think we were watching these Doc Two VHSs like thirty I mean, years ago. Years, <laughs> yeah, years yeah, yeah. All right, okay, right. I'm off, I'm off to Amazon Prime. All right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. We'll okay. Get collection full at one point. Okay. Well, that wasn't too long an episode. What what are we at? A hundred minutes. All right. So not of Rani proportions. Not at Rani, but not far off. But uh, yeah, no. Um, that 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 was good fun. Um, yeah. I, the I War Chief, one, one of my favourite. You know. Uh, uh, Doctor Who adversary, human-style Doctor Who adversaries yeah, I, that camped it up and wasn't terrible for it. Yeah, I, I, I always put him on. Sort of, he reminds me a bit of you know in the Seeds of Doom um, Chase, who mm. camps it up even more. Yes, but it's still work. It still yeah. works. he's but he's Freddie. He's, he's, playing it, he's so absolutely on level yeah. with him. Yeah, yes, he's doing exactly. So. Both actors are doing exactly the same thing, and it yeah. both times it, it exactly perfect. works. Yes. And of course, we've got to do him at some point, Camp Freddy. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to tell your missus you're doing Camp Freddy. <laughs> tonight, darling, I'm going to be Camp Freddy. Um, yeah. Tonight, Matthew, I'm mainly going to be Camp Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, Ready? Ian. Okay, nice listener. Up. See you in a week. All right. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Bye.